Welcome in everyone to another episode of my top five dynasty stashes. It's been my most successful video series of all time. Make sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Let's jump into stash number one. Greg Dulcich. So 2023 was basically a lost season for Dulcich due to recurring hamstring injuries. Only played in two games, had just three catches for 25 yards, essentially did nothing. But in his 2022 rookie year, he impressed me big time. He played in 10 games, and he started the year injured instantly. Upon coming back, he became the Broncos starter ahead of Alberto Cuevanam after returning from that injury. He put up decent numbers in those 10 games, 33 catches on 55 targets for 411 yards and two touchdowns, averaged 3.3 catches and 41.1 yards per game, which paces for just under 700 yards over a 17-game season. Those are not massive numbers, but they're rather impressive for a third-round rookie right off the bat who had competition on the depth chart that a lot of people liked. Dulcich just turns 24 years old in March. Now, I know some people are concerned about the injuries. Some people are concerned that it seemed like with Sean Payton, didn't love Greg Dulcich maybe as much as I think he should have. We know he's a talented young player. He was good from the beginning. So he has a future in the NFL because tight ends that are that good that early almost always end up being at least decent long term. So stash him now, especially if he gets cut in dynasty leagues. Not going to happen often, but just in case. And uh, realize the value gain later. Next one, Trey Tucker. I've talked about Trey Tucker on here quite a bit, but I want kind of remind people that he had a very solid rookie year. And I especially like that it got better as the year proceeded. I like that. After the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels, he got more involved. And Tucker was able to put up 19 catches for 331 yards and two touchdowns. Plus, which I really like this part, 10 carries for 77 yards. They schemed him plays, especially once Antonio Pierce became the head coach. Now, I lean that Antonio Pierce is going to be the permanent head coach. Either way, though, I like that Tucker got more involved over the last two weeks at the end when the Raiders were basically eliminated from the playoffs. We saw more of their intention for next year instead of focusing on this year. In those last two weeks, Tucker had five targets in each game and 69 and 64% snap shares. The Raiders are a team in flux. Hunter Renfro, he's going to be gone. They barely used him. Jacoby Myers, they can get out of that contract. He was just okay. Could they trade Devontae Adams? We'll see. But either way, Trey Tucker is a part of their plans. He has his third-round draft capital. And I liked what I saw. I liked the talent. So for me, he's definitely a stash. And we'll see what happens. Next one. Pierre Strong. Now, I feel like Pierre Strong is a player who kind of was dealt a bad hand to open his career in 2022. Fourth round pick to the Patriots. And we know under Bill Belichick, not anymore, but <laughs> under Bill Belichick at the time, rookies just don't get run there. They, they just don't. They sit and watch. And for a running back, that's bad because the first three years of their career are all that really matters for most of their dynasty value. We want to target those younger running backs. So, Strong sat behind Stevenson and Damian Harris. And then this offseason, the Patriots traded him to the Browns. 
he was supposed to kind of mix in behind Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford. Strong actually played decent in limited spots this year. 63 carries for 291 yards and a touchdown and five catches for 47 yards. Now, for next year, I doubt that the Browns are going to bring Kareem Hunt back. I think they still want Nick Chubb to be a part of their team. Jerome Ford was fine, and I think Pierre Strong will also be on the depth chart. Now, Strong has shown enough to be in a rotational role, and you never know what that will lead to. These are the types of players we want. These running backs are the ones we want to roster on the back of our dynasty rosters because you never know when a running back is going to get more opportunities. Players, it fluctuates. The coaching staff has more whim over it. Running back opportunity is more given, whereas wide receiver opportunity is more earned. So if the coaching staff just decides that they want to give Pierre Strong more run, we've seen that he can do it. So we've seen that he can play. So that's the kind of player I want on my roster. And also, the Browns have been a run-first offense, at least until Joe Flacco became the starter. Who would have thought we would have said that? But with what Deshaun Watson has shown lately, they might need their running backs. So I, for that reason, I like Strong even more. Next one is just your classic super flex stash. Hendon Hooker, he did nothing as a rookie uh, on the NFI list as he rehabbed. But recently, the Lions activated him. It kind of went under the radar. But, they, of course, they drafted him in the third round. They activated Hooker late in the season. Teddy Bridgewater announced his retirement. So Hooker will be their backup to Jared Goff for 2024, I would assume. Given that he's healthy, was a solid college prospect, third-round pick, he should be their backup. I know that Hooker's a long shot. He turns 26 in January. But. Quarterbacks with talent are mustaches in Superflex leagues in case they get a shot. The Lions are, Lions are an excellent offense. They have great weapons. And let's take a look at Hendon Hooker's college stats in case we need a reminder. 2021, 68.2% completion. That's pretty good. 9.8 yards per attempt. That's really good. 31 touchdowns, three interceptions. That's also really good. Then 2022 basically duplicated those stats pretty similar across the board. So it wasn't a fluke. It happened over two full years. And if he were not injured, I think he would have been a first-round pick in last year's NFL draft. But the injury took him down a couple of rounds because whoever was picking him knew that he really was not going to play in 2023. So in Superflex, quarterbacks gain value very fast. If Hooker ever, let's say Jared Goff got hurt at some point, and Hooker had a four-game runway to play, he would easily be worth a second at that period of time. But also because Hendon Hooker has a pedigree. He's not a nobody. We all know. People know who Hendon Hooker is. They knew of him as a prospect. They'll believe it. You know, they'll believe that he could be talented. He's not someone like off the street. So for that reason, I like him even more. And it's important to remember that sometimes quarterbacks in Superflex kind of fall off the radar when they don't have a path to a starting job or a clear path. There were times where Jordan Love didn't have a Superflex DLF ADP. Now, Hooker is, of course, a lower draft capital option than Love, but we're talking about a solid prospect. He should have a Superflex DLF ADP at all times, at least for the next couple of years. So definitely a stash for me. Now, the last one, Daniel Bellinger. Now, some people, I think, forgot about Daniel Bellinger's 2022 rookie year. 
Fourth round picks at tight end don't usually become starters very quickly, but that's exactly what he did. He was very efficient as a rookie. He caught 30 of 35 targets for 268 yards and two touchdowns in just 12 games, which is quite impressive considering the Giants had not a great passing offense. Bellinger dealt with a nasty eye injury throughout the rookie year. It was really gross. When he was healthy, he at times played 90% snap shares. Very impressive for any tight end, let alone a rookie. Seemed like he was heading towards a strong career, but the Giants kind of passed on addressing wide receiver this offseason. That looks like a mistake. And they addressed tight end instead with Darren Waller, who was okay, but I wouldn't say that that was an effective use of their trade capital of their money. Bellinger performed decently when he was the starter, I would say. Decently this year when Darren Waller was out. Even though the Giants offense was even worse in 2023 than it was in 2022. The Giants can save $7 million by releasing Waller with a regular cut or $12 million with a post-June 1 designation. I'm not saying they necessarily will do that, but Darren Waller's going to turn 32 in early 2024. He wasn't that great this year. I could see them deciding to move on and allocating their cash elsewhere, and they already have a tight end who's been proven to be fine. Either way, though, sometimes tight ends take a while to develop. Bellinger's a young player. I wouldn't write him off just because the Giants decided to go out and acquire somewhere else, someone else. He's someone that I think I would hold on the back of my dynasty rosters and wait for the opportunity to come because I think it will come, especially with what he showed as a rookie. Now, if you like this video so far, as I mentioned at the top, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. That's the best way to support the channel. Additionally, you can sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash fantasy advice. Find the link in the top right corner in the show comments and in the show description. Those are all the ways to check out the Patreon. Now, only patrons get to ask advanced questions for the YouTube. I have three questions that come from my Patreon Discord today. So we'll answer all of those. And uh, let's jump into the first one. What running back in the upcoming draft do you think could be a steal or a sleeper in later rounds? Now, I usually don't like to answer questions with cop-out answer, but I will say it's very tough to say this far out who could be a steal or a sleeper. I mean, in past years, players have jumped multiple rounds of ADP, fallen multiple rounds of ADP. I don't have any ADP data for rookie drafts this year. So, yeah, that's kind of a cop-out. I will say... I usually don't finalize my initial rookie rankings until the early declared deadline. So I don't even have those to guide me. So I literally would just be guessing. And I don't like to do that. I don't like to say that I know things when I haven't actually done the research on that. So we will get those rookie rankings out. They'll be on the Patreon. And if you want a little look into the looking glass, you will hear me talk about it on the YouTube. We will cover incoming rookies and look for that content probably starting in early February, early mid-February. We'll, we'll see more of that. Next one. Michael Wilson or 25-second 12-team Superflex? As much as I like Wilson, and I do like what he showed, the second seems like the right move. It's profit on a player who was late third in a lot of rookie drafts. The Cardinals are highly likely to add a top, top wide receiver at four overall. Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors. I also think they have a lot of cap space. They could sign someone else to add to the wide receiver room on top of that, whether it's retaining Hollywood Brown on a cheap deal. Who knows? If it's team-friendly, they might do that. 
I just don't think Wilson has done enough to be worth more than a second. Even though I like him, I just see that he's more going to be kind of more middling than amazing. If it were a third, I would prefer Wilson. But for a second, I think I'd just take the profit. Last one. Oh, this one hurts. 12-team Superflex, 205 or Quentin Johnson. At this point, I'm fine just taking the 205. Quentin Johnston managed 38 catches for 431 yards and two touchdowns despite every opportunity imaginable. First-rounders who flop that hard usually don't end up being very good. It's a very, very bad list of comps. There are no excuses. He wasn't injured. He had a great quarterback for most of the season. Other players were hurt giving him opportunity. He saw plenty of playing time. It just didn't happen. So my line in Superflex is probably like the 208 or 209, a little bit lower. I have a trade value chart for picks on my Patreon. If you want to buy it, uh, it's all there. So you can see exactly how I value all of these players. But yeah, 205, I think I'm just taking 205 over QJ. Now, I want to thank everyone for watching. All the people who've supported the YouTube. We've had 2,000 views or more on all of these Dynasty Stash videos. So I can't do that without the amazing audience that we have here. And like I said, we're going to have all sorts of content. Dynasty buys, Dynasty sells. I'm going to do videos on analyzing Dynasty trades, Dynasty rookie content. We're going to have some mock drafts on the channel. It's all going to be here throughout the offseason. So make sure to subscribe and hit that notifications bell so you don't miss any of the great content. And with that said, I want to thank everyone one last time for watching, and I will see you all later. Peace out.